Hello, my name is Kevin Kylie. Welcome to Thursday's After Session, a podcast from Route 4153 in the California State Capitol about the events and happenings inside of this building. It's about a week after the horrible crisis. The dam's water levels are down more than 30 feet since Sunday, which is good news. The evacuation order has been lifted and repairs are underway. Yeah, it's good news. It's an enormous sigh of relief. I mean, we had a really serious situation this last Sunday uh, that could have had catastrophic consequences. Uh, you know, thank God that we've averted the most immediate emergency, but uh, we're not out of the woods yet. There's another storm coming this weekend, and it's something that uh, we're going to be having to monitor very closely in the months ahead as the rain continues. And, you know, once this crisis has sort of passed, there's going to need to be some serious investigation into the causes of the spillway failure and failure of our state government to make sure that this sort of thing didn't happen to put Californians at risk. So Orville is maybe the most dramatic symbol of the problems facing California's infrastructure, and that's going to be a legislative priority this session. In fact, on Monday, the Assembly Republicans introduced their bill for improving the state's transportation infrastructure. Correct. So I am a co-author of this bill uh, dealing with repairing our roads. It is a counter to a bill that's already been offered by the Democrats. And the key distinction between the two pieces of legislation is that our bill would A, not raise taxes, and B, would actually put more money towards road repair and traffic relief. It's built, the plan is, on three principles. Number one, transportation funds should only be spent on transportation projects. Very important because for many years now, we've been diverting billions of dollars that are earmarked for transportation, but wind up elsewhere. Number two, California's gas tax and vehicle registration fees uh, should not go up. They're already among the highest in the country. And these are very regressive taxes, by the way, that hit uh, middle class and lower income families hardest of all. And number three, transportation projects uh, should be subject to independent oversight so that we're cutting red tape and increasing efficiency cutting down on waste, fraud, and abuse that is too rampant in California state government and the bureaucracy. So the plan puts about a billion more into infrastructure than the Democrats' plan. And one thing that's unique about it is that it also prioritizes reducing gridlock. Yes, and that is really important. I mean, I don't need to tell anyone who's listening the problems that we have with traffic in California. It's become more and more of an issue in many of the communities of my district, and it's borderline unbearable in places like L.A. or San Francisco. So that's a distinguishing feature of our plan as well, is it actually invests money in increasing the capacity of our roads in order to alleviate this sort of congestion. Right. And it does this all without raising taxes. Unlike other plans that have been proposed, there will be no increase to the gas tax, to the vehicle registration fee. There will be no increase to the diesel excise tax, diesel sales tax, and zero emission vehicle tax. That's right. And again, this is just such an important feature of of our plan because already families spend more on transportation than any other household expenditure except for housing itself. Californians spend more on transportation than they spend on food, more than twice than what they spend on health care. And this is a big contributor to uh, California having the highest poverty rate in the country is these sort of taxes that increase cost of living. Now, the plan is funded, as I mentioned before, by returning to the transportation budget $2.2 billion in funds that have been diverted and were diverted for other uses during the recession. And it also ensures, again, that existing transportation fees, all the ones that Jen just ticked off, plus vehicle sales taxes and vehicle insurance taxes, only go, only go, 
to transportation infrastructure. So that alone raises 5.6 billion annually, and that's 7.8 billion combined from all these funding sources for the first year that will go directly to transportation improvements. So you mentioned accountability earlier, and that's going to be another theme in the legislature this year. In fact, you introduced your own bill this week that would provide accountability for the $2 billion in annual spending that goes toward local health programs under the Mental Health Services Act. I'm very excited about this. This is a major piece of legislation uh, relating to mental health funding, a policy area that cuts across uh, many other policy areas, from crime to homelessness to education to many others. And so, uh, Josh, you want to tell us in a little more detail what this bill is going to do? Absolutely. So in 2004, the voters approved Proposition 63, which, as William mentioned, allocated $2 billion a year in additional funding for mental health programs at the county level. Counties, as a part of that proposition, are required to report on program performance to the state. But unfortunately, the problem that has been presented is that there's no one at the state level actually doing their job to actually aggregate this data and use it to improve programs and to give recommendations on performance. It's become such an issue that the uh, Little Hoover Commission and the state auditor have both found in reports that an estimated $17 billion in spending has not received oversight since the passage of Proposition 63. I mean, just think about that number, $17 billion that's been specifically allocated uh, for mental health. And we have no idea how many more Californians suffering from mental illness we could be helping if we use that money more effectively. So this lack of accountability is a huge problem. And half of the 2.2 million Californians who live with mental illness aren't receiving the treatment they need. So I think this plan, this bill, is going to go a long way towards making sure they receive that treatment. It would set up an independent accountability office led by an inspector general who's going to investigate, monitor, and track the provision of this mental health funding, which again is about $2 billion per year. Yeah, so it's about ensuring compliance, but it's also about raising performance. We're taking the data that counties are already required to collect, and we're allowing the state to use that to make data-driven recommendations for improving impact and outcomes. Absolutely. It's the sort of thing that comes naturally to successful companies in the private sector, but that government does too little of. And it's something we need to do a lot more of, smarter government, making sure that, you know, on the one hand, we are using taxpayer dollars effectively. And on the other hand, that uh, that the folks that we're supposed to be helping through these programs and services actually are getting the help that they need. And with that, I hope everyone uh, enjoys President's Day weekend. Thank you very much for joining us. And until next week, this is Kevin Kiley signing off from Room 4153 at the California State Capitol.